This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach, and today I'm delighted to welcome Lisa Hinkleman to the show. Lisa will talk about helping girls grow up smart, safe, and strong. Lisa, I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. You know, I, uh, I have to tell you, I take great responsibility in my role as an aunt. I have two nieces. Uh, one is three and the other is 12. So this book really touched my heart. And I, I want you to bring us back because you have this extraordinary background in counseling and education and training and school counseling. And what first prompted you to have a passion about empowering girls and and also empowering the grown-up women to look out for our girls? Sure. I, I think that as a counselor working in schools and even in community mental health, I realized that the challenges that girls were facing were complex, but also in many ways universal. It was I would work in any different type of school from a very high needs urban environment to a very affluent independent school. And the challenges that girls were facing had many similarities, these big drops in confidence and this tension and competition between other girls, this sense that they weren't smart enough for their dream jobs. Like it was sort of like regardless of the environment, girls were struggling. And I didn't feel like anyone was doing a great job identifying the situation and figuring out what kinds of things that girls need at these precise moments of their growing up to develop into more confident and empowered young women. And so that was my motivation to actually do something about it. So you set the stage a bit. Tell us, you know, what's really going on for girls? Because some of us are so far removed from that experience personally, and, and maybe, you know, our interaction with girls is limited. So set the stage. What What's happening these days with our young girls? So in 2017, I conducted uh, one of the country's largest surveys of adolescent girls. We surveyed over 10,000 girls in grades 5 through 12 on the issues that were impacting their lives. So I talked to them about relationships and dating. I talked to them about confidence and body image and stress and pressure, how much time they spend on social media, how they experience mental health issues like depression and anxiety. I wanted to really get the temperature on what does a nationally representative sample of girls have to tell us? And what we learned was, was pretty stark. We saw a 26% drop in confidence between fifth and ninth grade, and then it didn't recover. So girls were at their most confident at age 10. It dropped significantly, and then throughout high school, just stayed in a very mediocre place. We also saw that most high school girls were spending six or more hours a day using social media. And those who were spending the most time engaged with technology were five times more likely to report high, high levels of sadness and depression. 
Um, we saw issues around leadership and about a third of girls who said that they stay away from leadership positions because they don't want people to think they're bossy. And among the entire population, 46% of girls said that they don't think that they're smart enough for their dream job. So for me, in looking at this in totality, it was we're dealing with a crisis of confidence and a crisis of confidence that starts maybe much younger than we would have anticipated and one that does not necessarily rebound and recover as girls progress through puberty. Yeah, that that was what was so startling to me in reading your book. It started much younger, the lack of confidence and the the dip in, um, well, as you said, self-confidence. And I had no idea about the hours and hours so many of them are spending on social media. Let's talk about that because there are parents listening. So what about the impact of social media in girls' lives and, and how might we improve that to help these young girls navigate their own self-confidence and self-awareness in a healthy way? Well, we see that obviously the more time that they're spending, the less connected they are in other ways to relationships, to healthy activities to sports, to youth groups and clubs. It was, there, there is a relationship between the, the time spent on social media and the lack of time spent in other healthy activities. So one of the areas that we identified quickly was, was that relationship and the necessity to ensure that girls are connected to other positive people and things because especially during COVID, social media became the, the way to stay connected. Yeah. And in many ways, the only way that girls were socializing. And so even over the last 18 months, we've seen an, a, even a greater increase in, in social media use. Now, I think as adults who often aren't connected in the same ways that, that teens are, we're like, the social media is so stupid. These, I don't understand why the girls care so much of what other people think. And all they're looking for is likes. And that just seems so ridiculous to me. They should be focusing on real life. And for girls, the social media is their real life. Like that yeah. is how they make and sustain their relationships. The, the entire climate is different and the adults often have a really hard time coming around to understanding that that truly is, that truly is their communication style. That truly is their communication modality. And, and so when adults try to connect with, with teens around social media, they often say things like, Oh, I can't believe you spend so much time on that. W would you just put that phone away and have a conversation? And and they don't spend time to try to understand and to get into the mind of that girl by saying like, "Hey, you know what? You you spend a ton of time on that phone. Like, tell me what you're into. Like, share with me. Show it to me. I'm interested." And so often we have to approach the conversation instead from a uh, from a place of judgment to a place of trying to understand. I think one of the biggest challenges is that for for us as grown up grown up girls, we think that we know what it means to be a girl and we know what girls are going through. And the girls today are like, "Oh my god, you don't get it at all. Like you're so old and this is so different and you have no idea." 
and and really they're they're right like we we don't know what it's like to be a girl now i sure don't like i i didn't grow up having a, a smartphone in middle school or high school i didn't grow up with every behavior everything i did on blast for other people to judge I didn't grow up in that kind of high stakes environment that our girls are in today. And, and so sometimes I think what we do is we try to convince them that we get it. No, I totally understand. I knew what it was like to get dumped in eighth grade, or I know what it was like to have my parents divorced in fifth grade. And, and we try to convince them how cool we are or how much we get it instead of just saying like, I don't get it. Like, what is it like? What does it feel like? What does that feel like when you're, when you're, Friends told you that the sleepover was canceled and then they posted all the pictures on Instagram. Like, I, I don't have any frame of reference for that. So I think sometimes it's trying to put ourselves in their shoes, but also allow them to be the experts on their own lives and invite us into it. You know, Lisa, that's such a game changer. And I love the reframe there, you know, as a coach who, who works with grown up girls, as you just said, you know, empowering women on their career journeys, that reframe is such an important technique. But what I just learned from you is let's be curious. Let's not assume that we know what our girls are going through because we don't. Times have changed. It's a very different landscape. So thank you. You taught me something really important. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And you know what? We'll be right back after a quick break. Your Working Life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. Lisa, you said it right before we broke for a quick break. It's hard to be a girl today. My gosh, I think, I don't know that I would want to go back in this day and age. Um, Gender roles, body image, self-confidence, as you mentioned, how do you begin to help them navigate? I, I even think about sexuality as a as a young girl. It, there's just more to deal with than there was when, when I was that age. So where to start if you're a parent or an ally or a friend of a girl? Well, I think that the starting place is always the relationship. And I think that oftentimes during the the early adolescent years is where adult and teen relationships can get the most strained. It's where the girls are trying to try on their independence and figure themselves out and try to be a little unique or be a little risk-taking. And it's often where the adults are hanging on as hard as they can to the child that they have raised for the last 11, 12, 13 years. And that tension of wanting to start to grow up with the tension from the parent of not wanting this child to grow up uh, creates a lot of conflict. And when communication gets strained, it's really hard to teach skills. Because if a, if a child feels like being honest or telling 
somebody something that's hard to hear will get them in trouble or will get them shamed, then they'll hold back of what they share. And oftentimes that becomes the parent-child dynamic is kids will have really hard things that happen to them and they'll fear their parents' response. And so mm-hmm. instead of saying like, hey, mom, some someone just sent me a, a really inappropriate text or, oh my gosh, I got this photo that I did not ask for and it totally freaked me out. If the adult response is, well, oh my gosh, how are you even friends with these people? Or what did you do to, to get that? Or why, how, what did you do that for? Instead of like, oh man, that is, that's a really tricky situation. Let's, let's talk about how you can address it. It shifts the way that, that the conversation will happen in the future. Um, and so when that communication gets impacted, the ability to help walk alongside that girl and teach her the things that you want to teach her in her most critical moments becomes negatively impacted. And, and so I think that open communication, that non-judgmental interface, the ability to listen to hard things that might be shocking or troubling, but not have her feel blamed or in trouble for sharing them with you is really one of the core components of being able to help her navigate the world better. Because I think, you know, when our girls are facing their most difficult challenges, like maybe it's their first breakup. Our reaction might be like, oh, it's your first breakup. Don't worry. There's going to be so many more. There's other fish in the sea. There, it, it, that person was a jerk anyway. You know, if that's our reaction to something that she's never experienced before, then the next time she experiences something hard for her, she might not come to us to talk about it. And I think like, don't we want our girls to come to us? Like, don't we want to be the guiding force in their lives around the stuff that's really hard so that they have a soft place to land to figure it out so that when they face the next thing that's even more difficult, they already have one time going through it with us. They had us holding their hand through it. So when the next breakup comes and maybe they're in college, then they know they'll make it through because we, we guided them the first time around. So well said, Lisa. You know, the behavior that we display and the way that we listen and, and honor them and be curious and create that safe space, that psychological safety is really the beginnings of, of their adult behavior. You know, there's such a responsibility that we have in, in helping them navigate those challenges. Yes. And I, and I think that sometimes that role of parents uh, can can get complicated because at one level you you want to be close and uh, you want to be your your child's friend right and you want to have this open relationship but that's not your role right you're no. still the adult and the guiding force and maybe you're not parenting girls but you have girls that you have influence over like you had mentioned your nieces and the relationship that you get the chance to cultivate with them determines how they see you as part of their support system and a part of their support network or not. And that's our responsibility, not theirs. 
Agreed. Agreed. So I want to raise the idea of this pressure to be perfect. And and let's be real with a global audience. Grown-up girls, women are experiencing this as well. But my goodness, I hope that there's a way that we can um, help our young girls navigate this because they're vulnerable at a young age. And there's a stress of coping in this age of perfectionism. You know, the filters on, on every social media platform that just turns someone into this this perfect image and helicopter parents. And I'm certainly um, not trying to be negative about the parents. It's the toughest job in the world, but I think we all have accountability in this. So how do we deal with the perfection paradox? Perfectionism is one of the things I've seen the biggest increase in girls experience over the last 15 years. And the, the perfectionism is not just on grades or sports or image, it's all of it together. And I I share in the book uh, an antidote from a girl I was interviewing. and, And she said to me, like, I'm a swimmer and I have to swim really, really well. And I have to get perfect grades because I need to get into a really great college. And she was nine. Oh, oh my goodness. I didn't expect you to say she was nine. Wow. She was nine. And, and I thought to myself, okay, so in, in early elementary school, this is already the mindset that some of our girls are, are adopting. And, and that pressure is now exacerbated by how public everything is. You know, we've got girls who apply to 25 colleges because they have to get into the top college and they really want to post the video of them getting their college acceptance on Instagram. Or we have girls who are feverishly obsessed with their appearance and their weight and their body image and their hair and their eyebrows and their eyelashes and their skin tone because the world is now so much more visual even than it was before where any flaw is is an imperfection and so when the pressure is coming from all of these different places at once we see girls who are developing anxiety and anxiety disorders at higher rates than we've ever seen before and I think that when we, we look at the contributions to that, um, because no, no parent is saying like, oh, I want my daughter to have an anxiety disorder, or I won't, I won't like my daughter if she's not perfect. But the, the daughter is taking in her parents' vibe, right? And her teacher's vibe. And if she senses that there's disapproval, because she didn't get a hundred percent, because she didn't get into all the AP classes, because she didn't pitch a perfect no hitter. Like she senses that disappointment. And for many kids, seeing their parents disappointed is as heartbreaking as their own disappointment. So I think that we, we have a role in providing our kids with a safe place to be vulnerable and to mess up and to fail in a way that allows them to develop resilience and persistence. And that's part of reframing perfectionism as it's not like you get it right or you're not good at it. It's that you've got to keep working to get 
better at it or to be good at it. And that kind of growth mindset of recognizing that first time, I'm not going to get it perfect, but if I keep working towards it, I will get better. And an acceptance and a cultivation of that kind of of growth producing and enhancing environment is really where all of the adults in girls' lives can do better by her. And Lisa, that's a lesson for all of us. So thank you for that. You know, I I love your book because it has actionable strategies and it really helps us empower girls. And I hope it can help us make the world better for them. So as we close, what are some thoughts about how we as as grown women, and, and I know we have men listening as well, what can we do to help our girls? What can we be mindful of and, and be be aware of? Well, I think one of the things that we have to acknowledge is that just because we're grown up doesn't mean we've got it all figured out. And it doesn't mean that we do it right all the time. And it doesn't mean that suddenly now that I'm 30 or 40 or 50, that I'm confident and I'm ready to take the seat at the table. And here I am. It's so, so I think part of it is also recognizing where we still need to grow into more confident and capable women who are the role models for the next generations of girls. And to acknowledge that, hey, like I'm still figuring this out. Like I still struggle with my body image sometime, or I don't always stand up for other women. Sometimes I do feel competitive with them or geez, I just walked out of that meeting and I didn't speak my mind and I really should have given the feedback that was asked. So I think sometimes it's being a little gentle on ourselves to recognize that we're still on the journey. But then I think it's looking back to what are the messages that your girls are taking in? What what is the media telling your daughter about what she can be and what she should look like and what she should be good at and the kinds of classes she should take and the kinds of careers that she should have? Because in many ways, even though we feel like we've come so far, there's still a lot of gender-based restriction that is placed on girls about their futures. And so I think helping them analyze their worlds with that critical gendered lens is a way to bring into the awareness some of the spaces where there continues to be inequity and some of the spaces where our girls need some extra attention and need their skills to be bolstered. Lisa, I am beaming ear to ear. I've learned so much from you and I I love the book and I'm going to gift it to all the women in my life, uh, many of whom have daughters, but frankly, I think we're all in this together and we all need to take some beautiful responsibility in, in how we nurture and develop and support and honor our girls. But let me tell our global audience about it. It's the second edition of Girls Without Limits, helping girls succeed in relationships, academics, careers, and life. And Lisa Hinkleman, what a joy to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. And I want to tell our global audience that the book is available for purchase on Amazon and of course at all major book retailers. And you can also find out more about Lisa at rulingourexperiences.org. And if you like the show, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud, and even better, leave us a review because this helps new listeners find us online. And let me know what career-minded issue you would like for me to feature on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins. 
And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.